0: Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Well, what about the International Criminal Court? John Bolton is the new National Security Advisor to the US President Donald Trump. He's in fact the third National Security Advisor that Trump has had in 14 months. He's described as hawkish and in the past has called for the bombing of North Korea and Iran, just as examples. And in his first speech as the incoming National Security Advisor, he has threatened the International Criminal Court, the ICC, with sanctions um, and made quite an extraordinary attack on that institution. To find out more about the ICC itself, what we can make about the... Um, attacked by the U.S. and why it's important to, to think this issue through very carefully. Dr Carrie McDougall joins us. She is a Melbourne Law School lecturer and worked for about 10 years for the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Dr McDougall, welcome to Open House.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Where does the establishment of the ICC come from? Tell us about its background.
1: Well, the ICC was a long time in the making. Uh, In some ways, it grew out of the post war trials in Nuremberg and Tokyo uh, and a commitment post World War II to hold those most responsible for international crimes to account.
0: And Australia was a pretty big player in those discussions.
1: Yeah, so it took until 1998 in Rome where the ICC statute was adopted. And Australia uh, chaired the non-aligned group and was really pivotal to building the consensus on which the statute was adopted.
0: I, I really do think when you look back through these types of international bodies, League of Nations, United Nations, Australia has played a really good role, an important role for a, uh, a young country at the time by all accounts. It, it means, it shows, doesn't it, that we really are concerned about issues of broader justice in the world.
1: Uh, We certainly have a very proud history of that, uh, led by the likes of Doc Evans, who, of course, um, was really important in the early days of the United Nations. Mm. And you've mentioned the proud history in Rome. Uh, I hope that we'll continue to do that. Uh, The current government's been uh, very vocal about the importance of defending the international rules-based order.
0: Uh, Yes, it has. Now, perhaps by way of contrast, (laughs) what about the United States' support for all of these efforts?
1: Uh, Well, this is, of course, a concern to allies like Australia uh, that the United States is starting to retreat uh, or appearing to retreat from some of its commitments to multilateral institutions and international law.
0: What did you make then of what um, the United States said this week in the form of John Bolton?
1: Well, uh, this is John Bolton's first public speech as National Security Advisor, a position he was appointed to five months ago. Uh, the speech wasn't on Russia or Iran or a DPRK, but the ICC. Um, I don't know about you, but I know I sleep better at night knowing that President Trump's primary advisor on national security sees the ICC as the greatest threat facing the U.S. and its allies.
0: (laughs) I like the cut of your jib, Dr. McDougall. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, so where does that come from? Does that come from a place that tells us more about um, John Bolton and the Trump administration than it does about U.S. foreign policy?
1: Um. I think it is a yes and a no answer. So John Bolton uh, is known to be a long-time critic of the ICC. Uh, He initiated a number of anti-ICC policies when he served in the administration of George W. Bush. Um, And in some ways, it is tempting to dismiss this speech as just the latest in a long list of questionable foreign policy statements from the Trump administration. Um, It is, however, unprecedented that the US would, among other things... Threaten to ban ICC judges and prosecutors from entering the US, something that is essential if they have to brief the Security Council or the General Assembly. Uh, and not only that, threaten sanctions and threaten the prosecution of the prosecutor and judges for doing their job.
0: Is there any truth, though, to what John Bolton has said? And what the argument amounts essentially to the fact that um, well, the ICC chases the wrong, the wrong bad guys if it wants to look at the. Uh, the US and, you know, alleged war crimes?
1: Um, I know the current uh, ICC prosecutor, uh, Fatou Bensouda, quite well. Uh, and I think she um, lives and breathes the epitaph that she follows the evidence. So her her job is to um, not pay attention to politics, but to look at where the court has jurisdiction and where there is evidence that serious international crimes have been committed. Um, What's of concern to the U.S., of course, is that there is evidence of crimes having been committed in Afghanistan, that is a state party, and there are some allegations that U.S. nationals may have committed uh, crimes on Afghan territory.
0: Are they well-founded concerns?
1: Um, They're certainly, on the public record, uh, concerns have been expressed about the treatment of detainees, largely in Afghanistan, but also uh, in the so-called black sites. Uh, in the territory of um, other Eastern European states. But at the stage where proceedings are at at the moment is that the prosecutor has sought authorisation to open an investigation. So at this stage, she is asking for the authority uh, to investigate to see if there is, in fact, uh, a reasonable basis to believe that crimes have been committed.
0: Mm. Our guest on Open House is Dr Carrie McDougall um, from the Melbourne Law School. A long background in... um This field of international law, and in fact, you worked for the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade for about 10 years, I think. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: How satisfying is it to work in the international justice field?
1: Um, Look, it's it's been my whole life. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, you know, the ICC is an incredibly important institution. Um, You know, it's a, a beacon of hope to victims and affected communities. Uh, and I think that is sometimes lost in these discussions. Um, you know, effectively what the US and other critics of the court are saying is that um, those accused of committing crimes are more important than those against whom crimes are committed.
0: Those accused of committing crimes are more important than those against whom crimes are committed. Uh, well, that's an interesting construction of what the US is saying, but it it kind of seems a bit fair in a way because the argument to me boils down to, well, where we're on a noble mission and therefore we're going to break a few eggs on the way.
1: Yeah, I mean, in his speech, uh, Bolton really goes so far as to say that the only way of dealing uh, with situations like those in Afghanistan Mm. are with the righteous might, i.e. force Mm. (laughs) used by the United States. Uh, And I think there's a real danger to international law um, if, all countries aren't held up to the same standard uh, and judged by the same laws.
0: Yes, but Carrie, is there such a thing as a righteous might?
1: Um, look, I'm, uh, my particular area of expertise is the crime of aggression, uh, which is attaching individual criminal responsibility to interstate uses of armed force. Um, and I do think there are certainly uh, situations where force can lawfully be used and should be used uh, to maintain international peace and security. Um, But I think the regulation of the use of force by international law is really important um, to the international order. And, um, you know, in my personal capacity, uh, I would say that some of uh, the U.S.'s uses of force are questionable as a matter of law.
0: What about Australia?
1: Um, You know, as a committed international lawyer going to work at the Australian uh, Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, you know, that was something I would have knew I'd have to confront. Would there be a situation that I would be uncomfortable with? And I can hand on heart swear um, that at no time did I ever feel uh, challenged in my position. I was in fact um, incredibly heartened uh, by the fact that uh, the current government um, was rigorous in ensuring that Australia was always acting in a manner that was consistent with international law.
0: Well, that, that is encouraging to hear. Dr. Carrie McDougall is with us from the Melbourne Law School and a, an international justice lawyer by background. Um, the International Criminal Court and, well, I suppose, the apparatus of rules based order that it is part of, are they making the world a place that looks more towards restitution, um, those kinds of justice outcomes, than about the winner take all approach of previous decades, previous centuries, previous wars?
1: Um, That's, of course, the objective of the ICC. Um, Unlike Nuremberg and Tokyo uh, trials, which suffered from uh, critiques of victors justice, Mm. um, the ICC is meant to be an independent court. That's part of the reason we have a permanent court. Um, And one of the reasons the ICC is innovative is that it um, isn't just about retribution, punishing the perpetrators. Uh, It has a very strong uh, reparative reparative mandate. Um, So victims uh, are able to participate in proceedings. Um, Provision is made to uh, ensure support for victims in affected communities and the court can award reparations. those awarded to date have been collective and have been aimed at rebuilding communities uh, in affected countries. Of course, uh, you know, a criminal justice process is not a substitution for reconciliation. Yes. Um, So it needs to be supplemented uh, with national initiatives on the ground.
0: Yes, yes. And what are the bodies that are um, most likely to see those ends pursued?
1: Um. So uh, in an ideal world, the ICC uh, will work hand in glove and very closely with national authorities uh, who might, uh, for example, set up truth and reconciliation type proceedings yes. uh, to allow other members of the community uh, to, to uh, tell their stories, uh, to help establish a historical uh, account so that their losses and suffering is not lost.
0: Mm. It would be nice to think that the United States might be a part of that.
1: Um, You know, one of the criticisms of the ICC uh, is that its justice is selective. Um, And I would argue that's not because of the choices that the prosecutor makes, but because the court doesn't have universal jurisdiction. Uh, It only has Mm. jurisdiction where uh, the state of nationality of the perpetrator or the territorial state has consented. Um, Mm. And I certainly think the ICC would be much stronger uh, if more states and particularly uh, permanent members of the Security Council uh, were to support the court,
0: That is an interesting discussion, which we ought to continue on another occasion. Um Dr. McDougall, thank you so much for for the conversation.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That's Dr. Carrie McDougall, a senior lecturer at the Melbourne Law School and for ten years working for the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Discover more open house podcasts at openhousecommunity dot com dot
1: au.